the Acts of the Apostles chapter 9 I want to take verse 10 as our text for this evening verse 10 and there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias and to him said the Lord in a vision Ananias and he said behold I am here Lord there on the Damascus road Saul of Tarsus came face to face with the one that he had been persecuting for so many years remember what the Lord said Saul, Saul why persecutest thou me even though it was the disciples of the Lord had been arresting persecuting and putting in the prison and even standing by watching them being put to death and so to persecute God's people is to persecute Christ that man Saul of Tarsus had been humbled by this appearance of the Lord and there he lay on the road trembling and astonished but when he stood up again upon his feet he did so as a new creature as a new creation in Christ Jesus now when such a dramatic change takes place in a person's life the evidence the proof that there has been a change wrought by the spirit of God evidence will be seen that that person is indeed a new creature in Christ Jesus and certainly that change could be seen in the life of Saul of Tarsus after that meeting with the Lord there on the road to Damascus <coughs> first of all we see his willingness to obey the Lord verses 6 to 8 what will thou have me to do his willingness to obey the Lord in verse 12 we see he received a word from the Lord in verse 12 in verse 11 where do we find him the Lord told Ananias behold he prayed so there he was waiting upon the Lord then again in verse 17 we have his welcome in the Lord Ananias spoke to him and said brother Saul he's welcome he's welcome now as a brother in the Lord next we see he went through the waters of baptism 
verse 18 in verse 17 we see his work for the Lord and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said brother Saul the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost be filled with the Holy Ghost he was being prepared for a work for the Lord in verse 19 we see that he's with the workers for the Lord we're told about his company and when he received sight he was straight he was strengthened then was Saul certain days with the disciples now his company has changed now he's with the disciples those who were also workers for the Lord and then in verse 20 we find in straightway he preached Christ so there you have he was a witness for the Lord there was no doubt and looking at these evidences the Saul of Tarsus was indeed a new creature we listed eight changes in his life we listed eight marks of evidence that Saul of Tarsus was now a child of God I find that interesting that we have noted eight signs there that can only be just, uh, given to someone who was in Christ it's interesting that we noted eight changes in his life eight evidences eight proofs that he was now a child of God for we know in Bible numbers eight is the number of a new beginning and here we have Saul of Tarsus and there's evidence he has begun a new life in the Lord Jesus Christ here we see the signs of a new beginning here we see the evidence the evidence he was a child of God and no sinner had new life begun on Paul and he was met by a man called Ananias verses 10 and 11 and there was a certain disciple at Damascus and Ananias and to him said the Lord in a vision Ananias and he said behold I am here Lord and the Lord said unto him arise and go into the street which is called Strip and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus for behold he prayeth this emphasizes the importance for a newborn babe in Christ to meet with sound believers so it was here newborn babes in Christ need to meet up with believers that are 
able to encourage them and able to give them good advice as they begin their new life in Christ. Well, the Lord sent such an individual to Paul, a man by the name of Ananias. There are three Ananiases mentioned in Scripture. The name Ananias means Jehovah is gracious or God is gracious. That's our subject for tonight. God is gracious. Because when we look at Ananias and how the Lord used him to encourage this man Paul as he just been saved, just received new life in Christ, we can see the grace of God in the life of Ananias. And that's our subject then for tonight. God is gracious. And certainly God was gracious to Saul of Tarsus. And God's grace was seen in the life of this man, Ananias. So let us look at Ananias. We played such an important part in the early Christian experience of Paul the Apostle. First of all, I want us to consider Ananias the man. Ananias the man. The first detail that we are given about this man is he was a disciple of the Lord. First thing we're told about him there in verse 10 and there was a certain disciple of Damascus before anything else is said. First thing we're told is he was a disciple of the Lord. Now I'm sure the Holy Ghost could have told us other things about this man Ananias but he's chosen not to but what he has chosen to tell us is Ananias was a disciple of the Lord there's the first thing we learn about him the first thing that stands out regarding this man he was a disciple of the Lord here we're then told something about his person he was a disciple of the Lord. Is it good to be recognized in that way? Good to be recognized in that way above anything else, above all else. To be known and indeed to be a disciple of the Lord. A person may be a university professor. A very well-known personality may be a prosperous businessman. Could be all of those things. But that which is more important is that a person is a disciple of the Lord. We look here at Ananias and when we look at him first thing we're told he was a disciple of the Lord 
It's not how we all want to be known. As believers. Do we want that to come first? Whatever else we are. Whatever else we are. Surely we want to be known as disciples of the Lord. Followers of Christ. To be known as children of God. Look there at Acts 9 and verse 36. Now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple. A certain disciple. Dorcas. We looked at Dorcas a few weeks ago. We learned about all that she did for the widows. But again, the first thing we're told about her, she was a disciple. That stood out above everything else. She was a disciple of the Lord. So regarding this man Ananias who noted his person he was a disciple of the Lord we notice also his place we're told in our text and there was a certain disciple at Damascus there was his place he was a disciple of the Lord and he lived in Damascus isn't that where the, the apostle Paul was going or Saul of Tarsus was going to Damascus to search the synagogues see if we can find any Christians and take them and arrest them and commit them to prison and there lo and behold in Damascus there was a disciple of the Lord named Ananias And he was in Damascus and he was the man that the Lord chose. That the Lord chose Ananias to encourage Saul of Tarsus. He was there in the very place where Paul was going to. And here we see how the Lord used him to minister to Paul. The Lord needed a man for that task to minister to Saul of Tarsus after his conversion and here we have Ananias was that very man after his ministry to Paul we never read of Ananias again except when Paul spoke about him later on but apart from that we never read about anything else that Ananias did all that we know about him is here and what Paul himself said later on when he gave his testimony we're not told about anything else that he did but what he did do was a very important ministry to Paul God used this disciple of his there in Damascus to perform a very important task this that shows them that no matter where we are God has a work for us to do Ananias lived in Damascus 
and the Lord had a work for him to do there even if it was only to encourage Paul because that's what he did to encourage Paul go over there to Romans chapter 16 we're familiar with these verses Romans 16 the opening two verses Paul says I commend unto you Phoebe our sister which is a servant of the church which is at St. Crea that ye receive her in the Lord as become a saint and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she had need of you <coughs> for she has been a succorer of many and of myself also she had been a succorer of many and of myself also the word succorer means encourager why don't we all need those an encourager she encouraged those in the church that was her role as far as Paul was concerned and Paul said she has encouraged me as well she's been an encourager to me it's not something we can all participate in we can all encourage one another can we we can encourage fellow believers so we see this man he was a disciple of the Lord next thing we notice about him he was devoted to the Lord we mentioned there earlier a few minutes ago that Paul when he gave his testimony he mentioned Ananias you turn please to Acts chapter 22 Acts chapter 22 and here Paul mentions Ananias verse 11 and when I could not see for the glory of that light being led by the hand of them that were with me I came into Damascus and one Ananias a devout man according to the law having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there so here now we have Paul speaking about Ananias one Ananias a devout man according to the law now that doesn't mean he was a legalistic Pharisee that's not what it means at all being devout to the law no what it means is 
that this man Ananias sought to live in accordance with the word of God the law is God's word that's how he wanted to live that's how he did live and by the grace of God he sought to live his life in agreement with God's law with God's word he was devout to that end and sure isn't that high we ought to live live in accordance to the teaching of God's word not living to according to our views and our thoughts and what a Christian should be we live in accordance with what the Bible tells us a Christian should be that's what Ananias did he was devout and he was devout to the law of the Lord he was devout to the Lord himself David said in Psalm 119 verse 1 blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord there it is blessed are the undefiled that word undefiled means sincere blessed are the sincere and that's what Ananias was he was sincere he wanted to live in accordance with God's word blessed are the undefiled blessed are the sincere in the way who walk in the law of the Lord that's how Ananias lived his life in accordance with God's word he was sincere about it he was sincere but we look again at that word divide there in Acts 22 we find something else that word devout he was devout man according to the law that word devout means reverence reverence in action that's what the word means reverence in action in other words he didn't just behave in a reverent fashion on the Lord's day no it tells us that he lived a holy life careful that he did not do anything or say anything that would offend or grieve the Lord or the Holy Spirit all who looked upon him saw that's what it said and one Ananias a devout man according to the law having a good report of all the Jews so when all the Jews looked upon him they saw reverence in action as they looked upon this man Ananias there was reverence there in action he lived listen he lived as though he was in the immediate presence of God at all times that's how he lived as though he was in the immediate presence of God at all times 
we know what the scriptures tell us about reverence for there in Psalm 89 verse 7 God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him We worship God reverently. We behave ourselves in God's house with great reverence. But that's how Ananias behaved himself, whether he was in the house of God or not. When anyone looked upon Ananias, they saw a disciple of the Lord, they saw a devout man they saw a man and they saw in his life reverence in action what a man this Ananias was he was a disciple of the Lord he was devoted to the Lord He also displayed the Lord. Again, Acts 22, Paul's testimony often, and one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there. A good report. Jews looked upon him they saw a disciple of the Lord they looked upon him and they saw a man who was devout and devoted to the Lord they saw reverence in action when they looked at his life saw how he lived day by day and now we are told he had a good report a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there in Damascus. In other words, they couldn't, as we would say, they didn't have a bad word to say about him. Some testimony, isn't it? Those two words, a good report, those words mean to bear witness or to be well testified of the Jews who knew him spoke highly of him as a Christian man as a disciple of Christ and one who was devoted to Christ they spoke highly of him he had a good report among the Jews he had a good witness for the Lord he was a good witness for the Lord he loved the Lord and it was evident he lived for the Lord and it was evident he labored for the Lord and it was evident many ways 
He was a man like Stephen. For there in Acts 6, verse 3, Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report. Honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Verse 5, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of the Holy full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. He had a good report as well. People looked upon Stephen and he had a good report. He had a good witness among the other disciples. And further afield, he was like Ananias. Ananias bore a good witness for the Lord. Having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there. Such was this man Ananias. But notice Ananias the man. One is now to look at Ananias and the master. Here we see how the Lord Jesus spoke to his servant Ananias, our, verses, our text, verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, to, him, to whom and to him said the Lord in a vision. And God doesn't talk to us these days in vision, speaks to us through his written word. But he spoke to Ananias anyway. To him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Ananias and his master. Notice first of all the call. The call. The Lord called on to him. He called on to him in a vision, and Ananias said, Behold, I am here, Lord. Now there were other disciples of the Lord in Damascus. But the Lord's call came to this man. Out of all the disciples in Damascus, the Lord called Ananias. There we see regarding this call, this privilege. God could have spoken to any of the other disciples there in Damascus but no he didn't he chose Ananias and he addressed him and he called him to serve him is that how we look upon doing the work of God do we see it as a privilege that God has called us to serve him. That's a privilege. That the king of glory. Wants us to serve him. And we know how he takes the weak things of this world. And the things that are not. He takes the nobodies. Wants us to serve him. 
You could say Ananias was a nobody. We don't know anything about him before Acts 9. We don't know anything more about him after Acts 9. You could say he was a nobody. We don't know anything more about him. But would he not have regarded it as a great privilege to be called by the Lord to serve the Lord in this manner? To serve the God of heaven. The Apostle Paul himself later saw it a privilege to serve the Lord. <coughs> For in First Timothy, in chapter 1, in verse 12, 1 Timothy 1, verse 12. Paul says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief so you can see how Paul there counted it a privilege why would he call me Paul is saying I persecuted the church why would he call me but he did he called me counted me faithful and putting me into the ministry Whatever the Lord asks us to do, we should look upon it as a privilege. Now we may not be called to carry out some great task or some great service for the Lord. We'll see in a moment or two what the Lord called Ananias to do. It was very plain and simple. But the Lord may not call us to perform some great task. He may not call men and women to go to some far off field or to make any great sacrifices. But when he calls us to serve him, we should always say it's a privilege. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it for my master. I'm doing it for my saviour. After all, what did he do for me? And surely we would say, it's the least I can do. Whatever the Lord asks us to do, we should say, it's the least I can do. Beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's the least you can do. As well as the privilege, you notice the promptness. This was indeed a noble answer, demonstrating his readiness to serve the Lord. 
the Lord appeared unto him in a vision and called him and Ananias answered and said behold I am here Lord you notice the Lord didn't have to call him two or three times the Lord called him once and he responded immediately I am here Lord there's his promptness you notice also the Lord said called unto him in a vision Ananias he said behold I am here Lord you see it is in keeping with all that we have already learned about Ananias he was a disciple of the Lord he was devoted to the Lord he had a good testimony and a good witness before the Jews and we see here now when he answers the Lord and responds to the call he says behold I am here Lord Christ was his Lord his Lord he was the Lord of his life behold I am here but he didn't stop there behold I am here Lord see when the Lord when Christ is the Lord of your life and he calls you'll respond when Christ is the Lord of your life you'll be ready to do whatever he commands the book of Job 13 verse 22 Job said then call thou he's speaking to the Lord then call thou and I will answer In other words, Job has said, Lord, whenever thou dost call, I will answer. Call me and I will answer. Shows his promptness. When the Lord would call, he would answer immediately. The Lord wouldn't have to call him half a dozen times. Let us demonstrate then the same promptness when we hear the voice of the Lord whether it's when we read the word ourselves or we sit under the preaching of the word and the Lord speaks to us and the Lord calls us let us be prompt in our response behold I am here Lord as well as the call we have the command we are told what the Lord commanded his servant to do. Look at it there in verse 11. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold he prayeth. 
That was the command. He didn't call and command Ananias to go to some far off field. As I said, he didn't call upon Ananias to make some great sacrifice. You look at what the Lord asked him to do. It was simple. The Lord said, Arise and go into a street. He lived in Damascus. All he had to do was to go to a certain street called Straight. And then inquire in a house. So if they go to a street, then if they go to a house, that's all the Lord wanted them to do. That's what the Lord commanded him. Go to a street and go to a house. It was simple, was it not? But it was important because it was what the Lord wanted him to do. In relation to Paul, important but a simple duty. Go to a street, go to a house, and there inquire about Saul of Tarsus. That's all he was asked to do. Just a plain, simple task. And yet Ananias was ready to do whatever the Lord wanted him to do. For he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. He didn't know at that point what the Lord wanted them to do, but he did say, I am here, Lord. And the Lord simply wanted him to go to a certain street and to a certain house and to a certain person. And that was it. As I say, the Lord does not always command us to go to far off lands and great distances or make great sacrifices. He will give the simple tasks. And no matter how simple they are, and mundane they may appear to be, we should count it a privilege. You remember when the Lord fed the five thousand? <coughs> The Lord gave a command to his disciples to go and gather up the bread that was left over. Maybe another person would have said, I'm not for doing that. Gather up the scraps of bread. But the Lord said it and the disciples did it. Simple task. And later, in preparation for him going into Jerusalem, he sent two of his disciples to a certain village. And there, to bring a colt to him. Could you find anything more simple than that? Just a simple task. No great sacrifice, no far off land, 
but the disciples didn't. Why? Because the Lord told them. Read then, not only the call and the command, you have the concern. You press on quickly. The concern. Now here's something interesting. Upon being sent to the house, <coughs> there in the street, called Straight, we are told there in verse 11, after he was told to go, look at verse 13. Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thine saints at Jerusalem. There you have his concern. One commentator that I read about this incident was very critical of Ananias. He interpreted these words saying that Ananias was reluctant to go. He was being disobedient. And didn't want to go. I do not agree with that at all. Not at all. Yes, he showed concern. After all, who was he going to meet? He was going to meet Saul of Tarsus. And Ananias said, I've heard many things about the evil things that this man has done. Obviously, he was concerned. He was concerned about going. Well, you think of Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah was told to do something. And in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, before I formed thee, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thy camest forth, out of the womb I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Brother Jeremiah, he was concerned. I can't do this. But what did Jeremiah do? And what did Ananias do? They both did the same thing. They both told the Lord about it. Jeremiah says, I am I'm but a child. I can't speak. And Ananias told the Lord, I have heard many things about this man and how much evil he had done to thy saints of Jerusalem. The both of them told the Lord about their concerns. <coughs> and I'm sure there's not a person who has been called to serve the Lord that hasn't had some concerns about some aspect of that call. But what do you do? You tell the Lord about it. 
Jeremiah told the Lord about it. And the Lord said to Jeremiah, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. And the Lord put Ananias' mind at rest when he told Ananias in verse 15 but the Lord said unto him go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel and I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake and Ananias went his way put his mind at rest that's what you do when you're asked to do something for the Lord and you're not too sure about it tell the Lord about it they've considered Ananias the man and Ananias and his master finally and briefly you've Ananias and his ministry in verse 17 and Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said brother Saul the Lord even Jesus that appointed that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost and immediately there fell from his eyes as it were as it had been scales and he received his sight and forthwith arose and was baptized and that was all Ananias had to do notice regarding his ministry we notice Ananias and his way it says Ananias went his way yes it says Ananias went his way but his way was the Lord's way because that's what the Lord had told him to do go to that house in the street that's called straight and lay your hands upon a man called Saul of Tarsus that he might receive his sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. In other words, Ananias' way was the Lord's way. That's a good way to live, isn't it? <coughs> Remember whenever Abraham sent his servant out to seek a bride for Isaac and he met with Rebekah, what did he say? He said, I being in the way the Lord led me. In other words, he was already in the Lord's way. It was his way, but it was the Lord's way. And the Lord led him to Rebecca. As well as the way, we have his work. We now see the work that the Lord's servant was sent to do, verses 17 and 18, and we see that he did it exactly as he had been instructed. Verse 12. Again, it was a simple task. And Ananias carried it out exactly as commanded. Here was a man who was not known for any great exploits. We don't read of him commit, uh, performing any miracles. We don't read of him preaching to thousands. He was given a simple task. And he did it. And he did it willingly as unto the Lord. And no doubt he received well done, my good and faithful servant. His way, his work, and his word. He had a word for Saul, 
And Ananias went his way and entered into the house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, and thou camest, has sent me, that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. It was an encouraging word. Was not a lovely way to address him, Brother Saul. He had just previously said to the Lord, I've heard many things about this man and the evil that he did. Now he says, Brother Saul. In a word of encouragement for Brother Saul. God is gracious. Meaning of his name. And we see the graciousness of God in his life. Let us all endeavor to be like Ananias. Be encouragers. And may the grace of God be seen in us. Amen. That's God in prayer. <coughs> oh dear Lord, we do rejoice in thee, for thou art gracious. Gracious. We know much of thy grace each day. And how gracious thou art unto us. Every day, every day. Sadly, Lord, at times we do not acknowledge that graciousness of our God. Help us, Lord, to be more alert to how gracious our God is. Lord, make us all like Ananias. Yea, make us more like the Lord of Ananias. What a testimony he had. A disciple of the Lord, devoted to the Lord, and how he displayed the Lord in his life. People could see it. His life of reverence. Lord, make us more like him. Thy dear Lord, be with us as we leave the house of God. Give traveling mercy to each and every one, to those who have a little further to go. And bless us throughout this week. Keep us healthy and well and safe. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen.